Hey, this is Pastor Holly of Open Door Sanctuary, and welcome to our podcast. We are so glad that you are here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will transform your life through today's message. Be sure to subscribe so that you can get these messages every week, and I pray that you are blessed today. Brothers and my sisters, if you will this morning, please turn with me, please scroll with me in your basic instructions before leaving earth, in your life's owner's manual, the Holy Word of God, to the second letter, to the second epistle of Paul to the church at Corinth. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And let's start our meditation this morning at the seventh verse. That is 2 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning with the seventh verse. Amen. Twelfth chapter, seventh verse. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, For Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Gracious Lord and Heavenly Father God, clear all of our hearts, all of our minds, and all of our souls that we will receive a word from you. Consecrate me now to my service, Lord. By the power of grace divine, Let my soul look up with steadfast hope and my will be lost in thine. Amen, amen, and amen. We are in the chapel this morning and we are having a bit of a camera problem. Sometimes, beloved, my brothers, my sisters, in life, in church, 
We are challenged by thorns in our sides, in our flesh. Whether it is a sickness, arthritis, diabetes, high blood pressure, cancer, social injustice, failing eyesight, a failing memory, HIV, whether it is a drinking problem or a drug addiction, whether we are persecuted because we have criminal have a criminal record which might keep us from finding a job that pays a living wage, whether we are persecuted and made fun of, all because of what we believe. When, my beloved, my brothers and my sisters, when we find ourselves in a lion's den or when we find ourselves in a fiery furnace because we stand firm in the beliefs, in our beliefs, when we find ourselves in any of these human conditions, what do we do. We often cry out to God for relief. We often cry out God for help, right? We cry out to God to remove our thorn. We cry out to God to get us out of that lion's den. We cry out to God to pull us out from the fiery furnace. And when... And when we do not hear from the Lord, or when God says no, we cry out like David cried out, Oh Lord, when God says no, we cry out like Jesus cried out hanging from the cross, Father, Father, Why hast thou forsaken me? Father, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? When God says no, we get angry with him. When God says no, we stop worshiping him. When God says no, we cut him off. When God says no, we cut off our ties. We stop coming to church. We stop coming to Sunday school. We stop coming to Bible study. We stop coming to prayer service. We stop loving our neighbors as ourselves. We stop seeking the Lord. But, through it all, through it all, we forget that God doesn't owe us anything. Through it all, we forget the difference is always going to be God. In whatever states we find ourselves, the difference is still God. 
we have a tendency to forget that through it all, we have an advocate with God the Father Almighty, Jesus Christ, the righteous. For he is the propitiation for our sins. Jesus Christ is the atonement, the sacrifice for our sins. Jesus the Christ is the atonement, the sacrifice for our sins. This morning, my brothers and my sisters, if you will, meditate with me upon the thought, upon the subject. The difference is still God. The difference is still God. Paul, the author of this morning's text, the man who once fervently persecuted Christians, the man who experienced a Christian conversion through blindness while on the Damascus Road, the most prolific writer of the New Testament, powerfully illustrates principles around one response. When God says, no. When God says no. In our text this morning, Paul, Paul, Paul illustrates when God says no, Paul shows a, a humility, a, a, a humbleness. What does it mean to be humble? What does it mean to be humble? What does it mean? Humble, the root of humility, is to be modest in spirit and behavior, not proud, to be without pride in one's self or one's accomplishments. Humble, humility. We get, we get so caught up in what we have, how far we've come, how long we've been in the church, how long we've been saved, the house and the neighborhood we live in, the car we drive, the job we have, how well our children turned out, the nice clothes we wear, that we become proud. We become prideful. And sometimes, just sometimes, God will allow us to be afflicted with a thorn in our flesh. A thorn in our sides. Look at verse 7. Paul, of all folks, had reason to be prideful. Paul of all people had reason to be prideful. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above 
measure. Again, my brothers and my sisters, Paul, of all folks, had reason to be prideful. He started churches, successful churches, whereas many of the other disciples ministered in existing congregations. He wrote over half of the New Testament. He gave up all that he had been accustomed to after his conversion on the Damascus Road. He gave up his wealth. He gave up his riches. He gave up his aristocracy. He, he gave up his well-to-do family, all to serve Jesus and to spread the gospel. So my brothers and my sisters, by all accounts, Paul had every reason in the world to be prideful, yet... Yet, his Damascus Road experience caused him to be humble. His Damascus Road experience caused him to be humble. What have we given up in service to Jesus, my brothers and my sisters? What have we given up in service to Jesus? What have we accomplished in service to Jesus Christ Almighty? Paul here says in verse 7 again, And lest I should be exalted, be elevated in rank, be elevated in character, be dignified, lofty or noble, above measure through the abundance of or the many revelations, there was given to me a thorn in my flesh. You see, you see, you see, just like Paul, we are sometimes given a thorn in the flesh. The loss or reduction in income, reduction in position in the church, the demotion at work, the loss of that car or that you so love, that arthritis, that diabetes, that high blood pressure, that heart disease, that HIV, that early memory loss, that baby without a baby daddy, to remind us to be humble, to remind us that we didn't get to where we are by ourselves, to remind us that we are not in control, to remind us that the difference is still God. Just like, just like, just like that thorn in Paul's flesh was given to him, we are given thorns. We are given our crosses to bear. We are given our burdens to keep us humble, to remind us that it is not about us, to remind us that we are to be humble, to remind us, to remind us that the difference is still God. to remind us that the difference is still God. 
Just like we are unhappy when we find ourselves in some condition or in some position where we have been given a thorn in our flesh, Paul too was unhappy about having been given this thorn in his flesh. Verse 8 says that, For this thing, the thorn in his flesh, he besought the Lord thrice. He prayed to the Lord three times that it, the thorn in his flesh, might depart from him. Paul did just like we do when something is causing us pain, when something is causing us grief. When we look throughout the record, we see the same behavior recorded going all the way back to the Israelites. Every time, every time, every time, every time something went wrong, they were thirsty, they were hungry, they were dissatisfied with the leadership, they didn't like their lot in life, and every time, every time, beloved, they cried out, every time they grumbled, Moses cried out to God, just like we cry out to God. Every time Paul cried out to God, every time Paul cried out, my brothers and my sisters, God answered by supplying him with what he wanted, by supplying him with what he needed, just like he did for the Israelites, just like he did when Moses cried out. But this time, this time, my brothers and my sisters, Paul cried out and God said no. Has anybody ever been there? Paul cried out this time, and God said no. You see, you see, you see, God, God told Paul no. And just like he told Paul no, he will tell you, he will tell me, he will tell us no too. God permitted the thorn to remain in Paul's flesh to keep him humble and to keep us humble. God will permit our thorn to remain in our flesh, but he won't desert us just like he didn't desert Paul, just like God allowed Job to lose all that he had, just like God allowed Job to lose his family, just like God had allowed Job to lose his health, to lose his friends, to lose his entire family. God will allow your thorn to remain, but he will not desert you. He will not desert you. Even though you pray over and over and over to God to remove your arthritis, to remove your high blood pressure, to remove the troubles your children may sadden you with. Even though, even though, even though you pray over and over and over to God to provide you a better job, to provide you with better grades, to provide you with better living conditions, to provide you with safety. Even though, even though you pray over and over and over to God to change the spirit of your husband or to change the spirit of your wife that you might not get beat or cheated or, or walked out or, or any number of other offenses. God will permit the thorn in your flesh to remain but he will not he will not he will not desert you 
Let's be clear this morning. Let's be clear this morning. We are not, I am not, we are not advocating a physically or emotionally abusive relationship by no means. I don't want y'all going around saying, Pastor Hawley said, God, God wants to humble us. He wants to strengthen us. He wants us to understand with confidence that he wants us to understand with reassurance that the difference is still God. He wants us to be confident in that. He wants to reassure, reassure us that the difference is still God. So my brothers, so my sisters, don't get discouraged when God says no. Don't get angry when God says no. Don't give up when God says no. Just keep on holding on. Keep on coming to church. Keep on giving your tithes. Keep on coming to prayer service. Keep on coming to Sunday school. Keep on coming to Bible study. Keep on loving your brother or your sisters as you love yourself. Beloved, keep on praising God. Keep on loving God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, because my brothers and my sisters, because the difference is still God. Because the difference is still God. Because the difference is still God. The word tells us, the word tells us to be not weary in well-doing because we shall reap if we faint not. So just keep holding on because the difference is still going to be God. The difference between your sanity and your insanity will be God. For weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Joy, unspeakable joy, cometh in the morning. The difference is still God. God wants us to rely on him through Christ Jesus. Verse 8 tells us that Paul prayed three times to God to remove the thorn in his flesh. Paul says, for this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. As Christians, as Christians, as those of us who believe in the principles of Jesus the Christ, as Christians, as those of us who, who continue to be Christ-like, as Christians, one thing, as Christians, one thing we are really good at is calling on the Lord. We are good at calling on the Lord. However, however, it seems that many of us, not all of us, but some of us only call on him when the road is getting a little too rough to travel. When the doctor tells you you have some life-altering, some life-changing illness. Some of us only call on him when we get home from work and find collection notices and shut-off notices in our mailbox. Or when our unemployment is about to run out and we haven't been looking for a job. Some of us only call on him when 
when we go to work, give our all, and then find out at the end of the day that we're being let go. Some of us only call on God when we get that emergency call in the middle of the night from a child or a family member that something has happened, someone has been arrested, or a family member has died. Some of us only call on God when we find ourselves in a predicament and our spouse, our companion, our partner has decided it's just too much and walks out leaving us to deal with the aftermath. That baby on the way to deal with the grief of losing a parent or to care for that ailing grandparent. Some of us only call on God when we get that knock at the door in the middle of the night and there's a police officer standing on the other side saying, I regret to inform you. And you know your child has been out partying or even just going to a movie or going to eat with friends or going to a corner store or just jogging in the neighborhood. We seem to only call on God at our weakest hour. But, but just like God told Paul no when he called on God to remove his thorn, God will certainly tell us no when we call on him to remove our thorns. So, so, so Paul prays three times to God for relief to remove this thorn from his flesh. And we learn in verse nine that God essentially has said no. But God doesn't just flat out say no, although it is implied. He kind of gives Paul a safety net. And just like he gives Paul a safety net, he gives us a safety net, some semblance of comfort. And even though he says no, he reminds us, my grace is so sufficient for thee. He reminds us my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Look at how good Jesus is here. See how Paul, see how he allows Paul to be afflicted with a thorn. Paul prays repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly for the removal of the thorn. God denies Paul's prayer request. And in denying Paul's prayer request, God reaffirms Paul's faith by reminding him, by reminding you, by reminding us that God's grace through Jesus is sufficient for you, is sufficient for me, is sufficient for us because the difference is still God. My brothers and my sisters, Paul already knew, based on his past experiences, that no matter what was going on, that no matter what he was going through, that no matter who or what was attacking him, he, God, through Jesus the Christ, is always there, that he may not remove the obstacle, but that he would bring you through the obstacle. He reminds us this morning that he may not come when you want him, but, 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 He'll be there right on time. Look, church, he'll be there right on time. If we turn over quickly to chapter 11 of 2 Corinthians, 
if we turn over quickly to chapter 11, at the 23rd verse, verses 23 through 27, it gives us a picture of what Paul, it gives us a picture of what Paul had been brought through already. It gives us a picture of what Paul had been brought through already. Verses 23 through 27 read, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prison more frequently, in death often. From the Jews five times I have received forty stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wickedness, in perils in the sea, in perils amongst false brethren, verse 27, and weariness and toll and sleeplessness often and hunger and thirst and fasting often and cold and nakedness beside the other things, what comes upon me daily. Look at that. Look at that, my brothers and my sisters. Out of all the disciples, Paul had worked the hardest and God's grace through Jesus the Christ was sufficient to bring him through. Out of all the disciples, Paul had been imprisoned the most, yet God's grace through Jesus the Christ was sufficient to bring him through because the difference is still God. The difference is still God. On five separate occasions throughout his ministry, Paul had received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one, yet God, through Jesus the Christ, was sufficient to bring him through. Paul had been beaten with rods on three other occasions, yet God, through Jesus the Christ, was sufficient to bring him through. Paul was stoned. How ironic, since Paul used to stone Christians when he was Saul, yet when Paul was stoned, God's grace, through Jesus the Christ, was sufficient to bring him through. Paul had been shipwrecked, spent a day and a night lost at sea, gone without food, gone without housing, yet he never gave up serving God. He never gave up building God's kingdom. He never became angry with God. He never cut God off because God's grace through Jesus the Christ was sufficient to bring him through. You see, my brothers and my sisters, what this tells us is that Paul continually relied on Jesus for his very existence. Regardless of what was thrown at him, he never gave up. He never stopped relying on God because he knew, he believed, he had faith that because God's grace through Jesus the Christ was sufficient, that God would bring him through. I can imagine that if Paul lived today, Paul, would Paul live today, God would tell him the same thing. That, regardless of your cancer, my grace through Christ Jesus is sufficient for thee. Regardless of your heart disease, my grace through Christ Jesus is sufficient 
for thee that regardless of your HIV diagnosis, my grace is sufficient through Christ Jesus, that regardless of your drinking problem, my grace through Christ Jesus is sufficient, that regardless of that secret drug habit, my grace through Christ Jesus is sufficient, that regardless of losing your job, regardless of losing your spouse, regardless of your baby daddy decided he didn't want to be a father and walking out on those responsibilities that regardless of not finding a job after coming home from prison, that regardless of falling, regardless of failing at a school last semester, regardless of that man taking advantage of your body for his own belief, that regardless of whatever you're going through, my grace is sufficient for you. Just rely on me in your weakness. I will be made strong. So don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't stop teaching. Don't stop coming to church. Don't stop going to therapy. Don't stop giving your tithes. Don't stop visiting the sick. Don't stop coming to Sunday school. Don't stop coming to Bible study. Because my grace through Christ Jesus is sufficient for you. God is saying, just like to help Moses every time the Israelites uh, every time the Israelites complain about their situation, just like I helped David when his life was in danger, just like I was there for Daniel when he found himself in a lion's den, just like I was there for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they found themselves in the fiery furnace, I am there for you too, my grace is there for you too. My grace is sufficient to bring you through whatever it is you're going through because the difference will always be God's. The difference will always be God. So just sit back and rely on me. Even though I tell you no, my grace is sufficient for you. I got your back. For I told you before, I am your shepherd and you shall not want. I told you before, I will make you lie down in green pastures. I told you before, I will lead you beside the waters. I told you before, I will restore your soul and lead you in paths of righteousness. I told you before that even though you may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you should fear no evil because I am with you. My rod and my staff, they comfort you. I told you before, I will prepare for you a table in the presence of your enemies. And I told you before that I would anoint your head with oil so your cup runneth over and surely, and surely, and surely mercy and goodness will follow you all the days of your life and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The difference is still God. Finally, brothers and sisters, Paul tells us when God says no, God wants his light to shine through us. Verse 9 says, hallelujah, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Verse 9 says, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Verse 10 says, therefore, therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities. In, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, 
then I am strong. God is saying that first, in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. What this means is that, 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 that when we are at our weakest moment in this life, then and only then, then and only then, then and only then can we do, can he do something for us? Then and only then is his light able to truly shine in all its glory and all its wonderfulness and all of its splendor. Paul realized this when he says, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. I take pleasure in reproaches. I take pleasure in necessities. I take pleasure in persecutions. I take pleasure in distresses. You see, sometimes God has to allow us to be broken down and be beat up and to just be down and out before he can be sometimes God has to allow us to be broken down and beat up before he can get our attention before he can do a mighty work in our lives before he can purify us, before he can use us, then and only then are we at our best to be of any good, to let God's light shine through us. Look. Look. Look back over the Bible and the different characters who God used to allow his light to shine through them. Moses. Abraham, Joseph, David, Naomi, Ruth, Daniel, Jonah, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Paul. So my brothers, so my sisters, when you find yourselves in the lion's den of life, about to be a prime rib dinner. God's grace through Jesus the Christ is sufficient because a difference is still God. When you find yourself in the furnace facing the fire of life, God's grace through Jesus the Christ is sufficient because a difference is still God. When you find yourself with thorns in your flesh that you can't seem to remove, God through grief, God's grace through Jesus Christ is sufficient for his strength is perfected in your weakness. You see, the difference is still God. You see, church, the difference is still God because he's the alpha, because he's the omega, because he's the beginning, because he's the end, because he's the which is, because he's the which was, and because he is the which is to come. The difference is still God, because when you don't know what to do, when you don't have nothing, when you've lost your job, when your baby's daddy has walked out before the baby's even born, when you can't pay the bills, when your house is about to go into foreclosure, when your children need clothes, he's able, he's able, he's able to do exceeding abundantly more than we could possibly ask, think, or imagine because my beloved the difference is still God the difference is still God when you don't get that promotion at work because someone has stabbed you in the back he will still make you the head and not the tail the top and not the bottom because the difference is still 
God when your spouse is cheating on you, abusing you, when you just walked out on you and you don't know what you're going to do. God says, God says, God says he will make you self-sufficient, needy and wanting for nothing that his kingdom will get the glory, will get all the honor, will get all the praise because you see the difference is still God. Somebody here this morning needs to know that God will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings that you don't even have room enough to receive. Hallelujah. That you don't even have room enough to receive them all. Press down. Shake it together. Run it over. You see the difference is still God. Hallelujah. Through all your pain. Through all your suffering, through all your storms, through all your suffering, the difference in how we respond to that suffering, the difference in how we respond to those thrones, the difference in how we come through our trials and tribulations, the difference is still God. The difference is still God. The difference is still God, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, my brothers and my sisters, as I stand here, I remember the words, the songwriter who said, your grace and mercy brought me through. I'm living this moment because of you. I want to thank you. And praise you too. Your grace and mercy brought me through. Thank you for saving a sinner like me. To tell the world salvation is free. There were times when I just didn't do right. But you watched me over me all day and all night. The songwriter goes on to say, Justice determined that I should die. But grace and mercy said, Oh, no, no, no. We already paid the price. I once was blind, but thank God I can see. It was because grace and mercy came along and rescued me. Your grace and mercy brought me through. Your grace and mercy brought me through. Hallelujah. Your grace and mercy brought me through. You see, the difference is still God. Thank you for joining us today, and I pray that you enjoyed this podcast. A special thanks goes out to those of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. Also, thank you to those of you who are a part of Open Door Sanctuary, whether you support us financially, serve with us, or you just share these messages. It's because of all of you that we are able to reach people around the world. If you've enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends and family. Again, we thank you for listening. Now go out and live victoriously.